This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, good evening and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. With us this week we've got Finn. Hello. And we've got Sam. Hello. Now both of you are at Torquay on Saturday, right? Yes, yeah. we actually both were. What, what did you think, Sam? What did you think of the uh, game? And Brian Broom, of course, new signing. Yeah, very impressed with the game. Um, one of the most convincing performances um, of pre-season for sure. Uh, no, it was only against the National League side, but it was a side that nearly went up. And obviously it was the fact that we, we just not only did we win 3-0, but we looked so totally in control of the game from start to end. Torquay didn't really have any chances at all. We had quite a lot and I actually converted three of them and our conversion hasn't been too good. Uh, up to now this pre-season but a lot of missed chances so yeah that was about as good an end to pre-season as we could have realistically asked for um really uh, apart from winning like 10 nil or something it was certainly from the realism point of view that was about as good an end to pre-season as we could have asked for ryan broom really did impress um looked very um very quick to move the ball forward um very very accurate in his passing he it was actually him Ennis will get rightly get the credit for the first goal, but the, the move actually started with Broom. Um, it was a really good. He picked up the ball in quite a tight space, and rather than just you know punt it like some players would do, or rather than just turn and try and play it back like some players would do, he he really knew, um in a, in a, when he knew he didn't have a lot of time and a lot of space, he threaded a really composed sort of through ball to Ennis, who then managed to take on a defender uh, and get through and ultimately run pretty much all the way through Torquay's half and score, but it but it was, you know, Broom that started the move. So yeah, very good for him. Um just looked very impressive all game, really very uh very sharp, always wanting the ball. Just an all round good performance to complement the all round good team performance. Finn, is this where you'd see based on this performance, is this where you'd see Broom long term? Because I think we all like he could play up front. I think mm. the first thought I had when we signed was maybe he's gonna be competition backup uh wing back either right, more likely right, also left. Um, but then sentiment is also clearly another option. That's where he played. Correct. Oh, I'm right in saying he played that, right? Yeah, yeah. He played in Mayer's position. So not only talking about taking Danny Mayer out of the equation, we've obviously got two sentiment positions. Is this where you see him playing, sentiment? Um, I mean, uh, I would say yes, because, uh, you know, Lowe thinks... You know, Low likes Low likes 
uh, overly attacking players, isn't it? Not overly attacking players is the wrong word, but he likes attacking players and he likes to use their attacking strengths. Um, so I think from a logistical point of view, I think it would be good for Mayer to have some competition. Um, so I hope so, but at the same time, we've still really only got one right wing back if you put Freeman in centre mid, so maybe he can just cover two positions. Like Byron, like when Byron Moore was here, he kind of went right wing back. Sometimes he went striker, you know? Sort of left wing back, uh, right wing back, left wing back, and sometimes went striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay. the key is to have players who can cover many positions, even if you know, ideally, you always like to say, Oh, two players for every position, but even if it doesn't work out quite as perfectly as that, the good thing is that you know, I'd say always have at least three players who can cover a certain position, which I think we do because obviously you've got Edwards, um, it, it's going to be the first choice. Broom could certainly play there, and obviously, if he did move out there. You could move one of the central midfielders who weren't playing in the central midfield. Um, and then you've also got Randall who could play out there as the right wing back um, if he had to. Uh, and if all three of those were impossible, I suppose you've even got James Bolton if he ever gets fit. Not primarily going to play there, but it, it's another option if, even if it's only as an option of last resort. So, you know, you, you always like to have lots of them. I seem to recall Portsmouth fans mentioning that he was very much in the uh, Gary Miller school of... Right yeah, and as I said, it would only be an option of last resort. And therefore, you know, for certain, even, I think it's good to have a lot of... I'm not even going to put him down as an option of right wing back at this point. Fair enough. Well, even and, if unless, you do... Unless we're defending... Unless we are backs of the wall defending one goal lead against, I don't know, the league leaders or something. Well, look, that, that scenario could happen. We, ne- we never know. But like a Sunderland away last season, that kind of game. So anyway, but either way, he, he would be at best fourth choice. We, we, we can agree on that. But either way, that's three ahead of him who could very much play there. On the left side, you've obviously got Conor Grant, Law, um, Broom can play out there and obviously George Cooper to come back. So whichever way you look at it, whichever way you cut it, if for the two centre midfielders, obviously you've got Mayor, Broom, Camera, Grant, and Randall, who can play in the more advanced role. So whichever way you look at it, you've got you know more than two more than two players per position, haven't you? Which is which is exactly what we need. I mean, um, I'm certain that you do can feel play that there, striker. Out, you do feel that Broom rounds out the centre mid area in terms of options. Yeah. Before then, it was looking a little bit thin in terms of you obviously had. George Grant, uh, George Grant, George Grant. <laughs> Connor, you obviously had Connor Grant, um, Danny Mayer, and Kamara. Yeah, Randall can play there. No, Randell. We know it's Randell. Right? Randall. No, it's Rand. It's Randall. It's uh, we, he had a he had a press conference and it's Randall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. And now I've gone to the stage where I remember what. Now we know that one is wrong. I'm now forgetting which one. You're forgetting which one. No, it's Randall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Randall. Um, yeah, 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 it's Randall. Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I say it, it doesn't sound right now. It's after a year of correcting myself to Randell. <laughs> so, yeah, so Randall can play there, but obviously is, you know, primarily there to be defensive mid-cover. And just while well, you've got a few options, you run the risk of once you get a couple of injuries and all of a sudden you've got no one on the bench to come on. So Broom just sort of rounds out quite nicely. You can cover a lot of positions as a few can, and we can mix and match. And that's not necessarily always ideal because you don't want to say you have a player injured. You only make one change, but sometimes it means you have to move three players around to swap positions to balance it out. So it's, it's not always ideal that way, but it does feel like maybe with a loan signing, for example, you can you know you feel like the midfield's done now. Yeah. Even though ideally, I'd like a defense, a, I'd like an actual defense midfield option. Maybe that's Joe Edwards and someone else goes to right wing back, but it doesn't feel like we don't we have that position covered really. A defensive midfield option. 
Yeah, yeah, I think um, clearly Houghton's a lot are very talented, but they're more in the kind of um, David Fox mould, aren't they? They they, they play in the defensive midfield position, but they stylistically they're not defensive midfielders. They're deep lying midfielders who play make from deep lying. They're not sort of crunching you know, um, ball winning defensive midfielders. Not that they can't ever win a tackle, but that's not primarily what they're about. That's not what their primary purpose is. Um, so yeah, I agree. It would be nice to have an option of that mould. Maybe we might sign one. Uh, on loan, like like we did with Josh Grant mm. um, two seasons ago, albeit he was initially conceived of at the centre back, but that's by the by. But yeah, it would certainly be nice to sign one more, shall we say, pure defensive midfielder, even if he's only for use in certain games, like you know away games or games against tougher opposition. It would be nice to add one more there, maybe if it's a loanee or whether it's a permanent player. And then I think the midfield is well and truly done. I agree. And the only other thing I would. Um, I would obviously really like two. to add that I think low notes we want to add is one more striker and then I think I with those two back. coming in I'd be happy with the squad I want a lonely centre-back as well uh, I mean I wouldn't say no to one if the budget allowed for one but I, I wouldn't be worried if we didn't have I'd, one I'd much I think... rather loan out someone like Tomlinson to Torquay to get a full season rather than you know just sort well... of being in around the team barely playing and I'd rather get a lonely centre-back in personally I think that's the, like, the other thing I want I fancy we can probably squeeze three loanies in if we wanted. And, and you might think that some of those then won't play, but the squad depth is useful. Uh, well, yeah, particularly, and particularly to be fair, the striker might be a permanent as well. If, if we, yeah. we, were look, we were rumoured to be going for Paul Mullins, so and we've obviously got some money budgeted for a striker. The, the striker could be a permanent and then two more loanies, I guess. And here's the thing, it might not be a free agent. We've actually got to a stage where like, you know, we're bringing in players who aren't it's just mm. free agents, which feels mm. weird compared to where we were not so long ago. Yeah, I mean, what I would say is um, I, I, one of the first comments I saw when I saw the team uh, yesterday was Tomlinson to talking on loan. Obviously, I'm just I'm suggesting something, but I, I would kind of hope that kind of happens, you know, because... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, he was okay. He was okay, Tomlinson. I mean, it's a bad set of games to base, base your sample size on, but I, I don't know. I don't really see much in Tomlinson, to be honest with you. Um, and and to be honest, like I know, obviously, if we got someone in the uh, the Jerome Pocky mode um, mold, sorry, uh, you know, this season, um, I don't think that would be a bad signing given the players we signed up. Around him because like Jerome Pocky, for example, was a was a perfectly um, he had the attributes to be a perfectly capable defender at this level and um, was talented. Um, he just didn't really have the experience to know how to use his ability in the right situation. I feel like when I have to have a swear jar whenever a uh, a defender and even one the one that I liked or the two that I liked. I think they shouldn't be mentioned anymore. I think we'll just move on from that. Yeah. Yeah, last season's defenders are uh, not associated with the happiest memories, yeah. are they? No, yeah. sorry, but I just yeah. meant like... Uh... Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, so, so okay, right. The other, well, there are a few things I was going to ask. Um, but I think one thing that I was really pleased with was to see Ennis get a, a goal and a very good goal um, right before you know, the last pre-season, before the uh, start of the season. Um, I, to, I know we're going to then speak about and I think we all know what, what, what the answer is going to be in terms of who would start up front away to Rotherham. But I really like the look of Ennis. I'm, I'm hoping that he kicks on and has a great season. Um, definitely should be aiming for double figures. I think all the strikers should be aiming for double figures. I, I'm not sure more than two will you know, reach that far. Maybe, maybe only one will. But I think all of them should be aiming for double figures at the very least. 
Yeah, I agree. Especially with the chances we create. Um, I, I, I mean, I really like Ennis. I think he's a really, really good footballer. Um, I think he has all the attributes to score, you know, ten plus goals in this in this um, in this division. Should his um, finishing improve? But um, yeah, it was really, you know, really, really good finish. Like this is what I've, I've been saying for Ennis for months. He's got a really nice finish on him. Um, and to be honest, you know, both Ennis and Hardy have had good pre-seasons, to be honest, really. Um, I've, 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 um, I think Hardy's come back fresh and looked eager to score goals. It just hasn't quite, he hasn't quite done it. Um, obviously he scored yesterday and he scored a couple uh, elsewhere, but you know, he's had a lot more chances to score a few more. So yeah, um, they're, they're definitely the two I would go up front with, um, um, on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. I think the overwhelming, overwhelming majority of the fans agree, Hardy and Ennis. I think there's um, a little bit of concern starting to emerge about Jeffcott now. You know, maybe it was he a one-year wonder or or whatnot, but he does look very low on confidence. He looks a little bit off the pace as well. He looks a little uh, sluggish to the ball, sluggish getting to the ball, but also, you know, touch seems a bit heavy, sluggish when, when he gets to the ball. He has done some good things this pre-season. He'd actually... The, the things he's done wrong are weirdly the things he wasn't never doing last season, wasn't doing so much last season. It was getting deep. It was playing the ball out. It was actually, you know, coming deep and maybe you'd be watching a bit of Harry Kane for England co coming deep and trying to be a playmaker. But he has done some of that kind of stuff quite well, but he's not. Okay, um, he put, was it, did he put Hardy clean through? Hardy? Yeah, yeah, he put Hardy clean through. He um, was that was that Bristol Road. Yeah, Bristol Road. He put someone else clean through in the home game. I uh, can't remember now. Camera, camera. He put clean through in the home game, and camera missed it as well. But yeah, he, sure he's put two players clean through, and he's done a couple of clean through. What's that? Sorry, camera put Jeffcott clean through against. No, no, no. Uh, that's the Bristol City game. I, I didn't go to that one. He put someone else clean through in one of the games. Was I that saw. against Middlesbrough? That's the one I haven't seen. Against Middlesbrough, exactly. That, yeah, and that, that oh, was the game I went to. Yeah, I, I didn't actually see Bristol City. I was working, but yeah, he he, he put um he put camera through and he put Hardy through, and a couple of other you know lesser but still good passes from deep um that, that he's been involved in. So um yeah, I think I think he's he, you know then looking on the positive side of life, there is that. But he he's not that sort of sharp electric fox in the box. I mean, look, and he was never quick. He was never you know dynamic, athletic in the way that Hardy is or even Ennis is. But he he was always, you know, very mentally quick, very alert in the box, always onto every ball, always running onto the ball. But this pre-season, he has looked very sluggish in the box. He's not looked sharp. His first touch has been a bit stodgy in places. He's let the ball get away from him. And he's just not looked as good in front of goal. I mean, OK, we did score our second goal from a rebound off his chance yesterday at Torquay. But I think we all well know that Jeff got off last season wouldn't have needed the rebound. He would have just slotted that in from that position um, nine times out of ten. So... Are we? Is the cause to be worried? Is it? Is he genuinely the player we thought he was, and is going through a rough patch now, or was it the outlier, or was actually last year the outlier, and this is actually the reflection of who he is, or maybe somewhere in between? Look, I mean, what do we think on that? So, do you want to add any more options to that ridiculously long list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe. Or is he? Uh, yeah. Anyway, is it an think? imposter? Um, no, I, I, I just think. Look, I, I I back him. Look, he hasn't he hasn't lost the ability to be able to finish. Uh, you know, to set himself and finish. Uh, in the box. Um, we we know we he's got uh, sort of limitations to his game that he can get better at, and some that he can't. Um, 
But uh, I just think like because he's so low on confidence, which any I'm sorry, if you're a striker and you've gone twenty goals towards the end of last season scoring, plus internationals that you've played for the end of twenty ones. You're not going to be... 20 games without scoring. 20 games without scoring, 20, yeah. Yeah, 20 games. Sorry. You said 20 goals. Uh, yeah, sorry. 20 games without scoring any goals. Um, you know, you, you, you're going to be low on confidence. And I think because, like, he he is as good uh, as anyone at the club at finishing in the positions he does and doing what he does. But currently, because because he's, he's, not, he's not scoring in such a long time, he's... You know he's trying to make up for that in other areas of the game, which means that he's uh, kind of abandoning his one biggest strength, which is getting in the box and getting on the end of um, chances from two, three, four yards out and finishing them. Um, and I, I, I don't actually maybe maybe I'm I'm overcomplicating it, but I don't actually really remember him see, you know seeing him in the box. Uh, in the, in, the, in the box yesterday too much. Um, and this has been uh, my big worry because throughout all of pre-season, Ryan Hardy has been getting on the end of chances and getting in better positions than Jeffcott has. End of. Like, comfortably. Yeah. And Jeffcott's, you know, Jeffcott's got the balance all wrong. I couldn't give them. Like, I, I'm not sure whether this is... I, I'm not sure whose idea this is, why nothing's been done to rectify it. Source it out. Ryan Hardy should be feeding Jeffcott, not the other way around. Simple as that. I don't know what Jeff got's playing. I don't know what loads. Yeah, no. I'm not sure how. Je- uh, just go back when when th- when things like this are going wrong. You just need to compartmentalize. Go back to basics. Jeff got get in six yard box. Get free of your man and wait for the ball. Simple as that. And if it's he hasn't been doing it enough at all. There have I'm been not... plenty of wide balls, and it doesn't feel like he's anywhere near the right place he needs to be. Sometimes. No, I'm not. Just, that's Sorry. it. Sometimes it's not falling for him, but that's just been bugging me throughout the last. 15 games. No, I agree. Uh, I, I'm not exaggerating when I think there's maybe only one or two goals that he scored for our goal that have been actually on the run. And all of them has been when, he, and most of them have been when he's set and like ready to, I think two, I mean. One of the few goals he scored when sprinting was literally an open goal against Swindon. Remember when Ryan Hardy, I think Hardy or Edwards robbed someone, Hardy ran clue, squared it. Ran through and squared it. Yeah, yeah that's Jeff literally the only Jeff got, one Jeff I can actually has barely think of. scored any on the run. Pretty like, sure that's the so only one. Stationary, it's a touch. And, and whenever he is on the run, he seems to be far less likely to score. We've seen two examples in pre season. Um, we had the example away to Bristol Rovers last season and again away to Doncaster, I think it was. I, I, I put it in a player ratings a week or so back, but I can't remember where it was. Just, just get in the box, get yourself set. Go back to what, go back to basics. What we do best: hit the target. Yeah, and um, you can see him getting more and more frustrated. And I think, like, uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm over exaggerating, but like, even so, he's trying to make up, uh, you know, for not scoring goals in other areas of his game. How, however, he's not been that much better at holding up the ball, like than Ennis. You know, he, he's not. Ri- he's just not. He's just not doing very much to be honest he's not really contributing to the game and and to be honest even when he was scoring we were like he scored but what else is he what else has he done in this game but he scored so it didn't matter right but now he's not scoring it's being amplified but here's the thing we we have a system that does not rely on our strikers necessarily to create we have a very creative midfield 
We've even got creative defenders who are good on the wall and can, you know, yeah, cross and can do. I remember thinking of Kel Watts, for example, against uh, Leonore. Gillespie showing signs of it now, isn't he? Yeah, as well, exactly right. We we don't need. I mean, it, it's sometimes required depending on the game, but we fundamentally what we don't need is a striker to create. We need a striker to score, get in the box and finish. And there's a big difference from Florian played under Adams, where the striker far less important their goal scoring, far more important how much they got someone like Carey and Lemiris into attacking good attacking positions. Totally different ball game now. And if Jeff for the primary skill we need is finishing and just I, I, I would imagine Jeff Cott is, has some kind of confidence problem, but I, you know it's important to say we don't actually know. You know, we shouldn't just go around saying that Jeff Cott's lacking on confidence because how are we to know for sure unless he's come out and said it, which I might have missed. No, well, he's no, certainly no, not something of that kind. But yeah, but I, I, I agree that that it looks like it's that, even if we don't know it's that. You'd imagine he's playing around his head a bit. He'll know. I mean, I, but, but we don't know that he's necessarily lacking confidence. I mean, I, I, I saw him because I was like at the sort of pitch level yesterday, and he just let a touch go, and it went out of play, and you could kind of see his head go back and like his eyes close, and just like, oh, not again. And I, I was thinking, like, that's a guy that just need, like, he just needs a goal, like, he needs a goal. Like, that, that, it's as simple as that. He needs a goal. Well, it's not as simple as that because he scored two goals in pre-season. Yeah, but come on. It's it's such a nonsense name because Hardy needed a goal. He scored against uh, MK Dons and then uh, he he was on a good run of form, but it's not like it unleashed a spell of goal scoring. Yeah, but to be fair, he was creating in that period that he wasn't scoring as well. Yeah, but he was creating before then anyway. But you know what I mean. The the need to goal thing is, um, I know I've said it as well. I'm hardly... But, I mean, he's gone 20 games without a goal, you know? It's like... So he scored against Plymouth Parkway, a header from a corner, and they weren't marking properly. And a penalty. I think Chris. the point Nick's probably saying is, that he, he, yes, obviously, of course, he could do it with a goal, goal, but a goal's not necessarily going to get him scoring regularly. And, and you're right, it's not necessarily. But if confidence is a problem, that certainly would help. It certainly would at least make it more likely he would then score again. It would, you know, even if it wouldn't guarantee it. Well. I yeah, I mean, should... in the middle of you there. I mean, the I think we should ask about well, going into the Rotherham game. That's basically what we're talking about now. Is um. Who are the two best strikers in the that are going to help us play the way we want to play? Because some people might see Rotherham as a side coming down from the championship, um, a side that we can play on the counter-attack to and sit back against. But Rotherham are hardly known for their skill and ability in possession. It might well be that we have plenty of territory, if, if not all the time, but significant portions in the game we have the ball in their area and we've got the room to create something. And in which case... Assuming Jeff Cott isn't in, you know, isn't going to miss any chance of falls to him, or isn't going to get on the end of anything, wouldn't you rather Jeff got there than Hardy? And for all Hardy's good performances from preseason, his finishing still been very wayward. Wouldn't you? Would you not rather Jeff got then? Um, I can see the argument Jeff Cott might be a better tactical fit, but I just think Hardy looks such a better player at the minute, has had such a better preseason, and also not only that, but Hardy has actually done the stuff Jeff Cott used to be good at more this preseason. He's actually got in the box for some tappings this preseason, which she didn't do very much. So if you're saying, would I would I rather play Jeff Cott of last season or Hardy of last season against Rotherham, it's Jeff Cott. But both on current form and on adaptation of style, Hardy, without a doubt. I mean, the, the other thing, Lowe's obviously got the benefit of seeing, you know, speaking to the player, seeing him in training, seeing what they're like. He, you know, he doesn't have to make a call until, what, quarter to two, 
on Saturday. So he's yes. got ample time to see if, you know, he, because we obviously go on the pre-seasons, but Jeff Cook could hit like a rich vein of form and training. He just thinks, fine, I'm going to back him. Like, to be honest, this thing, we don't really understand the psychology behind training and selection, do we? No. Because we, we have like basically no data to relate to on that. So it's, it's totally different. And so It's something we can't really think about. Yeah, I would also say that Ryan, I mean, how much this matters, but it must do a little bit. Ryan Lowe just was a striker all of his career. You know, he understands the psychology of when strikers go through bad patches. And was he a striker? He's never mentioned that in the press. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't justify that with a laugh. That was an awful effort. Um, oh, I wouldn't do bad. Finn liked it. <laughs> but, um, so yeah. He's so... a junior member. He's, he's just laughing to appease your seniority. <laughs> let's let him make his point. Let's let that thing complete his point. Go on. Um, so yeah, I mean, he must understand the psychology of a striker and, and what it feels like when you go through those periods. And I'm sure you know if there's one thing that I can, I've said that you know, and we've all said that Lowe's been very good at consistently since he's come in is in improving the attacking output of his players. Um, so I mean. I mean, but it's like, it's it's almost, I'm not going to count the goals in pre-season, but, you know, you need, you know, just, I know you said the kind of golfing was a bit nonsense, but um, I, I don't know. I, I, I Like, I, I, the easy thing would be to say, get a fourth striker, which I still think we need. But um, then you're putting in, then you might be putting a, a bigger dent in uh, Jeff Cox's confidence. You never know. <laughs> I, mean, I think I not think, necessarily. I think, I think it's obvious all yeah. summer we have been looking for we have been looking for a for a striker for two reasons. One, because when you play a, a two striker formation, you're not going to get away with three over a 46 game season plus cups. It's not happening. And you know maybe you'll integrate Shirley a bit, but you don't want to you don't want to rely on him as your fourth string striker. So that's reason number one. Reason number two isn't just obvious. We have we've been linked heavily with Paul Mullen. Uh, we've been linked with a couple of other strikers. You know in in the, on the kind of rumor accounts as much as some of them are nonsense. We were definitely impressed. Mullen, Alan Nixon said so, and he's very reliable indeed. So we clearly are looking for a fourth striker. And moreover, okay, we didn't sign Mullen, but if we were even going for Mullen, we must have a fair whack of budget allocated for a fourth striker as well. So it, I would be stunned if one wasn't coming, and I'd actually be fairly surprised if it wasn't a permanent deal, because clearly that is an area he wants to focus on. And frankly, after pre-season, you know, let's not say he's going to sign a fourth striker in response to pre-season, but if he already wanted to sign one, which he did, that's going to make him even more determined to sign one, isn't it, ultimately? So I think definitely one is coming. It's just a question of who and indeed when. Are they going to come in before the Rotherham game? Uh, or, or is it going to be later in the window? If it's later in the window, we could actually even see Shirley on the bench for the Rotherham game, which I don't think any of us would be at the start of pre-season. Alleged, allegedly, uh, you know, Paul Mullin was offered the best contract that... Um, Cambridge has ever ever given out, uh, you know, about six k a week. Some people were saying that I saw. So I mean, but either given that apparently one of the things is he wanted to go closer to home as well, which makes sense, being from Liverpool and now he's in North Wales. But um, it, it must, yeah, if they're offering around six k, then we must be at least well, matching that if we wanted him to come. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I would have thought so. I would have thought so. Yeah, um, we would. Yeah, and obviously we, he's on a lot more Wrexham thanks to the uh, the wealth of their owners. But uh, oh, sorry, that's my theory going off there. Um, let me just re say that again. And yeah, we we certainly offered him offer, would have offered him a lot, and he's on even more than that at um, Wrexham due to the wealth of their owners. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, clearly we have a fair bit of budget set aside for a fourth striker. And I think the question is not when a fourth striker will come come in. The question is who and when, I, I think, really, with regard to that. Moving away from that, Finn was raising an interesting point with me earlier. Because we're in the midst of writing our season preview, our, our League One season preview. And I'm just going to big us up quickly because we actually, we did pretty damn well with our predictions last year. I can't say many other websites had Hull as promoted, let alone champions. And we had a couple of our writers, myself included, had, had that prediction down. Um we had sides like Charlton and Wigan avoiding the drop when most others were nowhere near it. We had Swindon to go down. We had Burton in trouble, which I know they obviously staged a remarkable recovery, but I'm not sure many people had them in a relegation picture. And yet, come January, they look like favourites to go down. And I looked at it. It's more like. So I looked at it today and um, I, I saw that I got. Um, I think the one I got right was Swindon going down and Blackpool to win the playoffs. But I guess yeah, Blackpool um, always looks strong. And and at the end of the day, a season preview is really only a preview of the next six months at most, because obviously January and the rest of the transfer window means that from the time you've written it to when you get you know, when the clubs have settled in terms of transfers and worked everything out, you know, everything can completely change. Um but anyhow, so we're we're in the midst of writing this and Finn raised the question, which is who would you put as Argyle's key player? Because we always put down a key player for each team. Could you still put Danny Mayer? I'm doing. Who is the key player? I mean, I need, I kind of need help with this, to be honest, because I'm. Yeah, this is this is not just an academic question. There's this will actually. Conor, Conor, Conor Grant agenda player. incoming. Conor Grant agenda could, incoming. Could you, Tom, can you really put him down as key player though? Is he Tom, is he guaranteed to start every single game? I think so. I think he will get. He will maybe you know maybe not every single game, but I think he's certainly guaranteed to start at least you know ninety percent of games. He's our top assister. He's been our top creative force in pre-season as well. He didn't play against Torquay, but he's got a lot of assists in pre-season as well. Has he? I mean, yes. I, I can th- the only one I can think of, is, I'm sure there's more, but the only one I can think of is Swansea. And the it's corner against the Middlesbrough as well. The corner against Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, well, you know, admittedly only Saltash, but he got one in 45 minutes against Saltash, and I only got one against Parkway as well, I think. All the back pages. One but, assist in 45 minutes against Saltash. Yeah, but, you know, ultimately all the other players are competing against the same opposition, aren't they? So he's still the, the top creative force in terms of assists provided in pre-season, I mean, I, I I'm pretty it. sure. The th- here's the thing, I can see it. The, the gamble you'd have is, for all you know, he's going to go through what Jeff Gott's going through, which is, say he goes first five games without doing much, and all of a sudden there'll be a question about, you know, was he just... You know, one season he kicked on, but now I can see it. I really can. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can take that as a sort of. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take. He's definitely a player that was in my thoughts. But the thing is, with Mayer, it was like, I, I don't like. He's a key player, yes, but especially with the the um, the arrival of Ryan Bream now. Yeah, okay, I've only seen him one game, but I really think that he's got the ability to be able to challenge Mayer for that position this season, and I. I after after two seasons of uh, what is it? How many seasons has Danny Mayer been in that club now? Three, Three. two, well, two. This is going into his third. Literally, loads only been here. Sorry, right? Yes, yeah, two. Um, he's been at the season, but two seasons, right? And and 
and maybe this is just Danny Mayer, but every uh, you know it's been it's been um, just above average, maybe for overall his performances, but ultimately probably disappointing. Maybe that's based on the hype he was. You no, know, that was sort of around him when he came into the club. But I just, but as I'm writing this, I'm thinking like Danny Mayer, key player. Not so sure this season, you know. Well, there was one moment in the game yesterday. I'm sure, Finn, you're going to know exactly what I mean before I start describing it uh, for the listen. Mm. That was absolute peak Danny Mayer, right? He gets the ball inside his own <laughs> no, half. No, it wasn't happening. It wasn't And quite away inside his own half as well, actually. He picks up the ball and, and got it on the far touchline. Um, so he picks up the ball. He runs into a lot of space with the ball, takes on one, two, three players, gets past all of them. He gets at the edge of the box now. He has probably three, maybe even four, clear openings to shoot. Rather than shooting, he keeps on dribbling. He dribbles himself into a really awkward position on the other side of the penalty box. So he's ran sort of diagonally across the penalty box. He's dribbled himself into a really awkward position on the goal line, kind of angled facing the keeper. Realises he can't dribble any further and ultimately (laughs) shoots from a far more difficult angle than any of the about three angles he could have shot from in the first place. Finn, am I being unfair describing that incident or not? No, 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 absolutely not. No, I'm not. It was an absolutely peak piece of Danny Mayer. Absolutely fantastic dribbling and skill, followed by utterly dreadful decision-making. Genuinely, genuinely. If that was messy up until the finish, you wouldn't have, like... I mean, I know it's talky, but like he literally just glided past players, and that's what's so frustrating. But I guess that's why he's in League One, right? I've, I mean, just any of those, really, any really of those opportunities me. to shoot, and I think he would have scored, or at least he would have had a much better probability. But of scoring. He literally he tried to shoot across the keeper at the shot. tightest angle. It's like, what are you doing? And it was just a pretty routine save for the keeper in the end. Like, if he'd have shot from any of the positions, he probably would have scored. But at the very least, he would have given the keeper a much harder save to make than the one he did make. The one he made in the end was quite a routine save from an angled shot from the kind of touchline, you know, diagonal shot. And he just couldn't, he, he just wasn't going to score from that shot. It, it, would have, it would have had to have been an absolute wonder goal if he'd scored from that shot. It's just so frustrating. Got, he dribbles himself out of better positions and yeah. dribbles himself in the harder positions. Can I? I've got okay. two. I've got two points. Just number one is that Lord Digby Jones would have hated that, Sam, because you were you were saying free all over the place, and that's an inside joke for anyone who's missed it. <laughs> um, it's not even an inside joke. It's a very public joke. Google Alex Scott, and you'll find multiple stories about it. Um, <laughs> ruining the Olympics because she can't pronounce G, apparently. Um, yeah, my apologies to Lord Digby. <laughs> <laughs> um, point number two. Point number two is so if someone seriously needs to have a chat with him and just help him understand why it's worth it. Ta- it feels like he will never take a risk. He'll wait until the absolutely optimum, like his highest chance of completing a pass. It is, but by then everyone's back. You know, just take a shot, even if it's more likely to get blocked. Just take a risk. It drives me absolutely nuts. If you've got a half chance to get a shot in, sometimes you need to get the shot in rather than waiting for the perfect opening, which isn't coming. Uh, can I? Can I just? Um, I mean, this is an anthem in the podcast. If it like, but can I just plug this basically? So I've been writing the um, the player ratings today. This is what I said for Danny Mayer. Danny Mayer was, was his usual above average when he came on. When he squared them up, Torquay's defenders could barely touch him, and he had two shots: one that bent over the bar. And uh, had another when he went past most of the team on a brilliant solo run and carried it into the box before having a shot a bit too late to allow a keeper to make a save. Now, whilst this might sound like all positives, 
when when they are for most players, we know that Mare can do that, but it is almost always the end product that lets them down, and it's the same all the time. I feel like I've I've said or written that about three thousand times since he's come to the club. But I mean, I mean, again, you go back to the Kerry comparison, but look at the Kerry screeners from outside the box. For everyone he hit, there about five or six that went absolutely nowhere near goal or a relatively routine save. But then he, he scored far more because he took more risks rather than just, you know, having a spell of possession in the corner. And that's, that's not to say you should never do that. Just this... And let's face it, it may have gone like his last season. He had some absolutely brilliant efforts that just wouldn't. I remember a screamer, you know, brilliant shot against Southampton that went just wide, but it looked like it was destined for the top corner. Hit the bar against uh, Wimbledon, wasn't it, when we were 4 2 down? Yeah. Right before we got the two. Go- there were moments where he was very unlucky to not score. And so it's not like he wasn't taking, but given the amount of territory he has, the number of chances he has to shoot, just sometimes, sometimes he needs to speed it up rather than slow it down. Sometimes he needs to take a risk rather than retaining possession. Simple as that. And he just, it, like Sam said, it comes back to decision making. He doesn't really have any in that regard. And that's he does. That's it's an awful thing to say, but it's just so frustrating. And that could do so much more. That's why I'm hoping. So if if Lowe and and the coaching staff haven't been able to change that kind of, I need to be producing a bit more. Well, I need to be producing goals and assists a bit more given my ability. Uh, that's why I'm hoping Ryan Bream can kind of provide that uh, and go maybe, maybe if, I know this sounds stupid, maybe if he literally just sits on the bench and watches Ryan Bream for a game and then Ryan Bream, because Ryan Bream had about three shots yesterday, if I remember rightly, Sam. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, he had, he had, he had a few. Yeah, I can remember, two I can remember clearly. I feel, I'm pretty sure it was the third. It was a bit more of a half chance. But yeah, yeah, yeah he certainly, certainly was more intentful to shoot than yeah was, so if maybe if you just watch Ryan Bream and then Ryan Bream scores one from 25 yards out for example when he when he takes a shot and Danny Mayer goes oh I can actually score from it because I don't know why he doesn't I, I it must be just a I mean to be fair if you look at his highlights I, I didn't watch Barry admittedly when Blow was there but uh you know when you look at his um season at Barry and his goals he still does wait until the last moment to shoot it just, it just, he just scored fifteen goals that season, or was it twelve or something like that? Fifteen goals in like in all competitions. Like that, yeah. Yeah. Twelve in the league, may have been fifteen all competitions. Yeah, right. twelve in the league. I think. Yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you, wrapping this up, sort of thing. Then we'll do predictions, but it's also let's quickly run through what's your right now. What's your starting lineup away to Rotherham? I think I think we have a good idea of what it's going to be. Yeah, I'll go then. Cooper. Wilson, Scar, Gillespie. I think Gillespie did a better preseason than Galloway. Uh, he's made that left centre back spot his own for now. Toughy for the deep line central midfield. My my heart says Randall, but I'm going to go with Houghton. I just think he's just a bit more, bit more, well, you know, been there and done it. Wise. Ultimately, Randall will get his chance for sure. Um, I'm so going to go. Uh, sorry, Nick. I think so too. Randall will get his chance. I yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Edwards at the right wing back. That one pretty much writes itself. Central midfield two. I was kind of toying with putting Camera in because I kind of was of the inclination that Rotherham might be a bit more defensive games than what a runner in there. But actually, not so much because not only, like you said, they're not really associated with good football, but they've actually got a lot of injuries at the minute. So we, we may well actually end up being us who takes the game to them. So I'm going to say Broom and Mare. I'm going to say Broom and Mare and let's just go for it a bit. Um, out on the left, obviously, Conor Grant, again, with Cooper injured. That one pretty much writes itself. And the striking two, as mentioned earlier, I would go Hardy and Ennis. Subs bench of Burton... 
Um, oh, let's not bother with the subs bench here. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, before you go, Finn, I'll say I'm the same, albeit I'm bringing in camera for Broom. I think there's going to be quite a few counter-attacking chances. I think Rodham will pull men forward, and that's going to give space for camera on the counter. That's my thought. Yeah, um, I would go for... I can see the logic. I would go for the same. I mean, maybe, I don't know if it's biased or not, but because I'm a really big fan of him, but... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see if 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 Randall started, it wouldn't be a shock to me. But yeah, I agree. I think that no, nor me. I I I, I actually I think I know it sounds stupid, but if Rand, Randall was a couple of years older, he'd probably start this game if that makes sense. But I don't think Low like first game of the season, Low will just want somebody who maybe trust a bit more. Uh, I'm not sure. I think there'll be a bit of manage a bit of kind of player management. I think there'll be a bit of right, you know. Let's just ease, ease him in gently, ease him back in. It's still worth worth remembering that he had about a he had about a three week off season, didn't he? He didn't have much of a holiday at all due to his late finish with Torquay. So yeah, I think I think you're right, Finn. I think Lowe will very much be of the view of ease him in, but yeah. I could easily see the way. Uh, and and like the, on the Kamara on the Kamara stuff. Um, uh, yeah. So I mean, I've Brooms had one match uh, with this squad, um, and I think that. Nick could be right that Brotherham, you know, ultimately, you know, it's the first game back for, you know, first proper game back for everybody. They'll want to put on some sort of show for their fans if they can because they haven't been there in however many months for a league game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think I would go for um, Kamara as well. And then, you know, what a substitution to bring off the bench um, with 30 minutes to go, for example. Particularly if you're chasing it, you've, you know you've got the territory. Yeah. I mean, it's going to it's first start of the season. People aren't in top form. Might be some sloppy passes, and Kamara's counter pressing. I feel like I say Kamara and Kamara interchangeably about a hundred times <laughs> for podcast. Um, it's the new Randall or Randell. <laughs> his counter pressing, um, Gillespie and Gillespie. Um, his counter pressing, I feel like it's going to be uh, in, useful in that game. I think that's my thought. And then lastly, then score predictions for the first time in a long oh, time. Yeah, I haven't heard that for a long time. Um, oh, I don't think one all. Sam? 2 0 to Argyle. I'm going to go positive. I mean, it'll be a bit of a shock result, but I think we can hit their injury exploits and, and just um, exploit their injuries, I should, I should say, rather, and, and, and go for them and just hit them with a, with a good. Confident performance start of the season. 2 0 to Argyle. We've won both our season openers under low, haven't we? We have. We were traditionally pretty crap when it came to season openers, Sheridan and Adams, weren't we? Because obviously. We were. We, in fact, we, we didn't win any of Sheridan's two season openers. We only won one of Adams, which was the first ever game. Yeah. Okay, based on that, then I'll, I'll go for a I'll go for a 2 1 win. Just, just based on that. Because I, I think some managers. Because Adams always seemed to finish strong. Sheridan seemed to finish stronger than he started. The low thus far seems to start well and finish less well. Yeah. So let's 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 go that way around. Let's say that we'll we'll win the opening day game. Yeah. Um yeah, let's go for that. Two one. Right, that's it. That's uh, that's the show. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh fingers crossed, coming back to a win next week. Uh have a lovely day and uh, goodbye. Goodbye. goodbye.
TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.